one of these days, I'm going to have to go through like all the show notes and just do a running count of all our guests and see where our guests line up. So as they come on the show, I can say, well, you're in whatever place on the show. As a guest, you rank third. Look, look man, Steven is still in the intro. There's no way you're going to take the time to do that, Turkey. <laughs> okay, to be, to be fair. Oh, snap! To be fair, I've been waiting on the voiceover to redo the intro. And the the person that does the intro is currently pregnant and very, very busy. So she hasn't been able to sit down. All right. Way to go and throw the pregnant person under the bus. You know, I was waiting for one of you guys to make a comment. It was dead, dead, dead silence. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Sid. And welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 521. I'm your host, Tricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. We have another fantastic guest this week, and I'm glad we do because we need some backup. There's, Tricky, there's something we need to discuss what you introduce everybody, and I'm glad we have some backup for that little uh, side topic we're going to be doing here in a sec. I hope it's not what I think it is. Oh, it is. It was, it was asked for by the goddess herself. She wanted us to address this on the show, and I told her we would. I told her we would. I'm not having that conversation. He brings the awesome bits. I yield to no one. <gasps> Hi. Yield, do you have any idea what's about to happen? No, I don't. And, but hey, I'm ready for the ride. And we have a special guest this week. You've seen him in the comments in both the Loop Brothers Facebook groups and the Trophy US Facebook groups. It's Mr. Matt G. How you doing, sir? I don't really know if I'm supposed to be scared now with that type of introduction, so... It's okay. Alex, can can we please skip that? Because I think it got taken out of context. Well, you can you can answer for your crimes then, sir, but I... <laughs> If I told if I told the goddess that I was going to address this, I don't I don't want to lie to her. Right. I, I may, after your edit, take this out of the show. So, oh, well, you're going to edit you're going to edit the edit. Oh, because this is going to make me look bad, but it's not what I said. Go ahead, Alex. All right, well, then just explain yourself when the time comes. Okay, so I get a message if, on Facebook Messenger from the goddess last night, a very concerned message, uh, wanting my input on this. "Quote: There is a debate going on between Jack asking myself." Gee. I wonder who jackass. jackass. Oh, yeah, that's tricky. It's tricky. I need your input on what you think about the topic. I told him to soak his feet in the tub. He said he would soak his feet in the toilet, and the water is clean. I said he's disgusting in the toilet. The water has bacteria. Mike wants you to know the toilet is clean. I responded with, "Why wouldn't he soak his feet in the hot water in a tub? I would never soak my feet in the toilet, even if someone just scrubbed the bowl with a cleaner." And I said, "Ashley and I agree with you. You being the goddess." This is Mike. It's clean water. What's the big deal? I said the bowl isn't clean, or might not be. It can still harbor bacteria after a flush. Plus, it's hot. it isn't hot water. Soak your feet in hot water. People piss and shit in toilets. Why do you want to put your feet in there? And then the goddess says, thanks, thanks, you guys. Tell him off tomorrow, LOL. 
And, uh, you know, I, I promise, as I did, to bring it up here on the show. Tricky, sir. Okay. You've got a lot to answer for. First of all, why would you want to soak your feet in cold water? The point is to soak your feet in warm water. Me and her were having a debate because I have a bunch of dead skin on the bottom of my feet, as I'm sure a lot of older men do. And I'm not uh, very confident with my feet, so there's no way in hell I would ever go get a pedicure and let some somebody scrub the dead skin off the bottom of my feet. So I, we don't have a bucket in this house big enough for my feet to fit into. So she told me to go soak it in the tub, and we don't have a plunger for the tub, so there's no way to stop the water and actually like make a bath. So I jokingly said to her, well, I just cleaned the toilet, because I just cleaned the entire bathroom, top to bottom. I said, I'll just stick my foot in the toilet and let it soak for 20 seconds and then pull it out. And that's what started the whole thing. I said it as a joke, and she took me seriously. Matt, you get, you got a very disapproving look on your face. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. If you're going to soak it, why only 20 seconds? Go for the whole minute. It was was a joke. In it to win it, man. Hold on. When you in the the messages that I got, when it was said that, hey, this is Mike, what's the big problem? Did you did you take over the phone then? Was that you? Were you? Yeah, because responding. Okay, I was joking straight out. Okay, but if the toilet was scrubbed clean, and it's bleached and all that stuff, and I'm sticking... The toilet water is essentially clean water. And I've cleaned the bowl top to bottom. So, at that point, that water... I'm not going to say it's drinkable, but it it is clean water. Well, well, thank God for that. You didn't say it was drinkable. But, in reality, it's clean water, so what's the big deal? Well, I mean, there's no guarantee that you're going to, I mean, you know, the water comes from the top of the bowl and clean it. Like, there's no telling how much bacteria is in there, no matter how hard you want to scrub it. But again, I come back to the point where it's like, you want to soak your, like, cold water. Like, your argument that the bowl is clean, even if the bowl is completely clean, you could guarantee that, it's still cold water. Or at least lukewarm water. You would want hot water. Yield your your thoughts on this. Hey, man, I'm not here to judge, but that's, that's really really odd man okay. it's a it, it's a toilet clean or not right, Matt, you're still shaking your head <laughs> what do you have to say at this point matt's like why do i listen to this podcast again with these deranged lunatics uh, now all i can think of is the one meme video i've seen where a girl's walking through a hotel room licking everything in the hotel room, including the toilet. And I'm thinking, well, that's probably worse than, you know, somebody sticking their foot in the toilet. So it's not the end of the world. Okay, so I at least have a half a fan on my my joke. Oh, no, no, no. Don't don't count me as a fan. <laughs> I said half a fan. Just, <laughs> I, I can understand. I mean, at least throw some tea bags in there or something to, like, help exfoliate. All right, moving on with the show. Wait, we have a show to do? We do have a show. That, oh. Yeah. We're not doing an eight, a seven-minute show on me sticking my foot in the toilet. Oh, okay. Thank God. All right. He admits it. Uh, updated trophy counts. I am level 682, total trophies of 16,699. Man, I wish I would have known. I would have gotten one more trophy. And a plaque count of 372. Alex? Uh, you couldn't have gotten one more trophy. 
I am level 457 with a total trophy count of 7,918. I have a platinum count of 123 in 122 games. Yield. Level newly minted 471 with a trophy count of 8362 and a newly minted platinum at 150. Alright, we'll go into that in a second. Sid is level 553, total trophies of 11,461, with a plaque count of 220. And Matt, how are you looking, sir? Coming in at more than dead last, 216 as my level, 1,217 total trophies, and a big old goose egg for platinum. Not the worst. I, I told him that. <laughs> I told him that the, the the Facebook chat we were having, I said we've had somebody on that had negative one. I have a new goal. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get into what we're playing. Yield, we'll start with you, sir, since you have a newly minted platinum. Tell uh, us what you've been playing, sir. Been playing Deep Rock Galactic. I've been playing... Yeah, Deep Rock Galactic and Just Cause 3. That's my new platinum. Nah, no Rocket League this week? No, they have not. I have not fired up Rocket League this week. All right, well, we have some Rocket League news in our chat, or in our, or in our agenda. Alex, what have you been playing, sir? Well, I was just going to say, uh, we were, during Rocket League Thursdays, we, Gareth and Nitra this week, played very well, as we always do. Um, good representation for the Trophy Horse team. But we were talking about the requirements to get the Deep Rock Galactic Platinum. And look, I get it. You shouldn't let the Platinum Trophy determine whether or not you're going to play a game. But I also am kind of glad that I did not choose to pursue that platinum because, my God, that seems like a titanic quest. Like, you actually would have to swim uh, swim into the bottom of the Atlantic and actually drag up the titanic to get the platinum trophy in that game. Yield. I'm, I do not envy 400, what, what did we figure? 400 and some levels is what you basically have to earn? Is you have a to, lot of levels, though? Well, it's 25, 25 levels to get a promotion. Three promotions to go up to the next tier. So we figured it was clo- between 450 and I think 500 levels to hit gold level. To go gold tier. And you have to do that with all four dwarves. Okay, again, is it hard to gain levels or no? Well, it depends on how much you play and if you focus on like double XP missions or not. I mean, we just play the game and do the... Es- assignments as they come across and occasionally we'll jump into a double XP match, but we don't focus specifically on that. Okay. I don't know. I, I'd have to see how many hours I'm at. I've got I've got one dwarf at a three bronze, one at a two, one at a one, and then I just started the other one. So and I'm at a online level of sixty one and I think Nitro's at 58, and he just hit gold tier with his one dwarf that he was focusing on only, and I've been kind of bouncing around all of them, so. Alright. Uh, is that all you've been playing? Yeah, just those two. Off the top of my head, it's all I can think of. And Oh! And Horizon Forbidden West. Almost forgot that one. Have you beaten it yet? No. But I, I, I I've got to be close. I did my last cauldron. I've made it. I've made it all the way to Frisco. Frisco. So, well, I don't want to say what I did. I, I know. I know. So, you still got a ways to go. Okay, I kind of figured as much as well, but 
I've, I've made it to Frisco, found out the little bit there, and then I am now on my way back, kind of clearing out some missions on the way back, back to the base yet again. So. All right. Uh, and Alice, did you finish what you were playing or no? Yeah, he hasn't even started, done. You started, I got us you started on the with whole me. Deep Rock Galactic. Oh, well, you, start, you started saying you were playing Rock League. That's why I thought you started. I'm sorry. No, I've I've been focusing my attention to trying to get the Shovel Knight Platinum. At first, it was just I'm going to go back and get some of the the tr- the gold trophies that I um, hadn't gotten before, and now it's turned to I'm full fledged going for the platinum. I'm on, I beat the game on New Game Plus. I've beaten the No Death Run, No Falling in Bottomless Pits, No Money Spent during uh, your playthrough. All I've got is two levels left on uh, beat the game in under an hour and a half. And I'm currently sitting at an hour and three minutes, I think. So I've got 27 minutes to finish the last two levels. So I am right on track to get the gold, uh, the last gold trophy that I need to get the platinum. So, uh, yeah, I should have the Shovel Knight platinum very or within, if not tonight, with you know tomorrow. So I'm, I'm, you know, honestly, this was a game that I long ago I had gotten to. I guess I was doing New Game Plus and I was trying to do a No Death Run, and I got into the Black Knight, which is the, the third fight with the Black Knight is the third. The second from last level, so the level before the penultimate, if I can make this any more confusing. Um, and I got to the boss fight, and I just couldn't beat him, because on New Game Plus, the uh, damage that you are dealt is double. So instead of losing a half a pellet, you lose a whole pellet, or sometimes two. So I had kind of given up on this game for a while, and I was like, you know what, I'm just never going to get the Platinum Trophy, because one, I hate having to get through a game at a, a, time, a set time. I'd having to rush through games. I you know, just this whole, like, no death run, like, it really severely put me off, and then I, you know, after finishing Horizon, after finishing the Returnal Ascension DLC, I was like, you know what, I need to go back and clear off some of these trophies that I, just check some, uh, some trophies off my list that I haven't gotten before, and Shovel Knight was one of, like, the one glaring game, so the fact that I actually am within arm's reach of the Platinum Trophy is, uh, I'm super happy about that, it's, it's gonna be a Platinum that shows me that I can persevere, um, where I once thought I had failed. So I'm going to be real proud of this one. I'm going to be honest. All right, <clears throat> Matt. So I'm currently on my new game plus of Elden Ring, just trying to breeze through the early bosses. I'm trying a new build there. It's the main purpose of that run. Then I also have been playing a bunch of Dying Light 2. Picked that up last week. Probably logged about 15 hours or so into it. Having a lot of fun with that in the early game. And most of else, what I've been doing is I'm trying to get some emulation stuff running on my Steam Deck. No, that's something we haven't gotten much um, feedback on is the Steam Deck. Matt, how do you how do you like the Steam Deck so far? Uh, I absolutely love it. It's it's really great. It's a great little device. Running games like Elden Ring or Dying Light Two will net you about two hours on battery. But there was about a week after I got mine. Microsoft made it that you could run like a modified version of the Edge browser in the Steam Deck OS, and you could do Xbox xCloud games on it. So you run, it's not native, but it's really neat to be able to do that on the go. And now it comes native with a whole bunch of emulators on it. So I'm just running through with Steam, the uh, emu deck, just trying to get all that going and find ROMs to make sure each system works properly. And did you did you get the the top of the line one or did you get the the more um value priced one? 
I got top of the line. I really wanted that etch screen to reduce overall glare, and it it actually works pretty well. Because I, I mean, I was very interested to see how the what the reception is to the Steam Deck. Because obviously, Steam has tried to go beyond PC before. I mean, Steam Box uh, was not something that worked out very well for them. So seeing how the Steam Deck did, uh, especially against the Nintendo Switch, and kind of just people's thoughts about that, uh, is something I've really you know been interested to hear about. It's crazy because you got Yuzu already running on it, so you can run Switch games in the Steam Deck. It's kind of hilarious. Kind of like the, I guess, the uh, the one console platform there. Yeah, basically, it's just, I hope you're in, I hope you're doing your arm exercises because the thing is freaking heavy. Does it, does it take six AA batteries like the Sega Game Gear? <laughs> no, it, it is rechargeable, and uh, the, like I said, depending on what you're doing, the battery can last anywhere from two to eight hours. I mean, is, is the cord long enough that you can have it plugged in while you're playing? The If the outlet is right next to your bed, yes. Otherwise, you will need a 45-watt total draw power brick to be able to pass power to the Steam Deck. Wow. That's all. Yeah, it, it that will keep it charging while you're playing. Anything less, it'll just discharge slowly. All right. Uh, and I have been playing Lego Star Wars. I've dabbled a little bit into Shadow of the Colossus. Man, that game's a bore, Alex. I I should have known you wouldn't like it. It's it. I'm not gonna say it's bad or that I don't like it. It's just it's boring. I should tell. I should let everyone know that it took Tricky forever to find the first Colossus, which you pretty much come out of the um, the church. I can't even think of the right word, but the church in the center of the castle. map and the castle. Yes, thank you. Uh, you come out of the castle at the center of the map. And it's basically dead ahead, like right ahead. Well, all right. To be fair, I got to the location it told me to go to, and I didn't see a way to climb up, and I didn't know that you could climb the walls. So once I once I knew that, then that helped. Uh, but the second Colossus was extremely easy to find. You just run down a, a hill and it came out. Yeah, some of them, some do get kind of tricky. Colossus number seven gets pretty tricky, and uh, there's a few others that are kind of difficult to find. But for the most part, they're not. If you know how to use the sword and use the the guiding sunbeams, it's not hard. It takes some time to get used to, but it's not hard to find most of the claws. Yeah, and, and the game doesn't explain a lot to you, so it's it's one of those things where I was when I was fighting the second class, I, I didn't I knew what I had to do, but I didn't know how to fire the arrow because it doesn't explain it to you. So I was like, I started thinking like I'm pressing all buttons while I'm aiming to try to do it. I'm like, I I don't have any arrows in my back. Do I have to go find arrows before I can fight this? It doesn't explain anything about the the fruit. Like, it doesn't say, hey, go to this tree, gra- grab the fruit. Apparently, there are some kind of lizards you have to collect, too. Well, the lizard tails, you gotta cut the lizard tails off. Yeah, it, it's... I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying it's bad, it just, it doesn't explain anything to you. Well, I mean, that's that's the nature of the game. Like, they don't give you, it's a very minimalist story, too. They let you kind of fill in a lot of the blanks. They give you enough to get a full story. It's just not like, it's not that scene in a movie where it's like, and this is why I did it, and here's a roundup of all the events and how I played into every role. No, it's not that. Uh, so, Lego Star Wars uh, started up Uncharted 2 because of uh, the bet with Nitro. 
Uh, speaking of Uncharted, I watched the Uncharted movie, guys. And yay, nay, indifferent. It's not bad. I expected more. Um, but Mark Wahlberg wasn't as bad as Sully that I thought he was. Although Sully kind of takes the lead on a lot of the expeditions. Like he's telling Drake where to go and whatnot. And I don't know how you guys feel, but I always felt like when it came to the games, it was Nate was the expert and Sully was the sidekick. This kind of felt like Sully was the lead and Drake was just along for the ride. Whether it's true or not, I see Nate in the games, even Uncharted Drake's Fortune, as being older than Tom Holland. I know Tom Holland is not super young. I mean, he's young, but he's not like his early 20s or anything like that. But I just, I see like Tom Holland as a younger Nathan Drake. Not child Nathan Drake, not teenager Nathan Drake, but a younger Nathan Drake than what we see in the games. The movie kind of took things from the first three games and put them all together. I mean, we already... Including the airplane scene? The airplane scene was, what, from two or three? Three. 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 Uh, they, well, I wouldn't know. The whole the whole looking for Magellan's gold, in, in a sense, I took that from four a little bit, even though that, that's not entirely what they did, but still. Well, just... well, no, I said three games. I meant all four games. Um, Because... I, like, I don't want to say anything to spoil it, but they definitely took things from all four games and yeah. put it into the movie. Which which I was... I, I, I think the trailers probably showed the best part of the movie. No. I, really? I'll tell, that, I, I'll tell you that that wasn't the best part of the movie. Tom Holland did a fantastic job as Nate. I still think it should have been Nathan Fillion, but, you know, Tom Holland did a fantastic job as Nate. Um... But I was disappointed that uh, some some characters should have made appearances and they didn't. Did we at least get Eddie? Ro- Did we at least get Eddie? No. Say bullshit. <laughs> um, so I feel like if they wanted to use Nathan Fillion, they would have had to have done this earlier. I think they missed the boat because Nathan Fillion is 51 years old. And to me, that's too old to have him play Nathan Drake in the movies, especially the first movie they but do. He looks exactly and if you're going to have like Mark Nathan if, Drake, I know, but he's 51. I think they missed the boat on that. And if you're going to have Mark Wahlberg as Sully, that's not going to work because Nathan Fillion, if he's not older than uh, Mark Wahlberg, I think Mark Wahlberg is older, but well, here I check. They're at least close. So you can't have like Mark Wahlberg be like the father figure kind of okay so he's 50 so he's actually one year younger than Fillion you can't have Mark Wahlberg be the father figure of Nathan Fillion Nathan Fillion's too old so I feel like if they wanted to use Nathan Fillion they would have had to have done this much sooner well two things I'll counter with you one if you remember correctly when this was originally talked about Mark Mark Wahlberg was supposed to play Nathan Drake and then that changed second I don't like, I understand what you're saying about Nathan Fillion, but when Nathan Fillion did that fan-made Uncharted movie, he nailed it. Oh, yeah. But how long ago was that? A year ago? Two years ago? Uh, yeah, it was probably two or three years ago. But he absolutely nailed that role. 
I mean, so despite, I mean, the game, the, the movie hasn't been getting the greatest reviews, uh, but it's done very well at the box office. So uh, if you all will allow me, uh, via GameSpot, the highest grossing video game movies worldwide. Number one is Warcraft at $439 million. Pokemon Detective Pikachu is number two with $433 million. Rampage, $428 million. Uncharted, number four, with $392 million. The Angry Birds movie, $352 million. Prince of Persia, Sands of, The Sands of Time, $336 million. Sonic the Hedgehog, $319 million. Resident Evil, The Final Chapter, $312 million. Resident Evil Afterlife, $300 million. And Sonic the Hedgehog 2 with $290 million. So it's doing well at the box office. And it's now out on digital, so you can watch it from home as well. well Sonic 2 is actually uh, above right now. It's at $323 million. Well, there you go. But, I mean, this was this was not from today. So, I mean, there's been a few days in between. But and, uh, I, I saw a headline saying Sonic 2 was the highest grossing video game movie of all time. Maybe I... Well, by now it might be. Uh, I think it had the biggest opener. I, I You know... I saw the headline in passing, so I could be just misremembering it. Yeah, no, because there was talks about how Jim Carrey, that his biggest take ever Sonic. was Sonic the Hedgehog really? 2. Yeah. All right. Our- so, uh, well, when I, I should say that when I got that picture from GameSpot, it was yesterday, so the 30th. So, but things will change when since Sonic 2 is out, is a relatively new Well, movie. I mean, I just Googled uh, how much money it says as of May 1st, which is today. Uh, Sonic Hedgehog has grossed over 160 million in the United States and Canada, and 162.6 million in other territories for a worldwide total of 323.5 million. So, I I don't know what the source is here. Oh, that's in the Wikipedia page, which could be wrong. So I don't know. Anyway, let's get on with the show proper. Uh, gotta bring up the agenda again. Uh oh, yeah, that's all I've been playing, and uh. I was like, yeah. All right. So yeah, we're good. All right. So as is customary, as the first we uh, first show of the new month, we are going to the, talk about the you. You mean the first show of the new month? What did I say? I know. I thought it sounded like you said first year of the new month. I don't I'm know a, either. I, you know what? I could be off. Anyway. Well, we know that. As is customary, as the first show of the new month. We're going to talk about the PlayStation Plus games. Uh, Sony has revealed the PlayStation Plus games for May are going to be FIFA 22, both the PS5 and PS4 versions, Tribes of Midgard, both the PS5 and PS4 versions, and Curse of the Dead Gods for the PS4. As revealed on the PlayStation blog, uh, all the you're going to get all these games at North Cross as of May 3rd, which is going to be yesterday as you're listening to this. Uh, we already know what FIFA is. Uh, Tribes of Midgard is a co-op survival game based on Norse, Norse mythology, and it's up to the player or players to resist the incoming invasion of giants Dorn Ragnarok. Uh, IGN gave it a 7 out of 10. And perhaps the best game, according to IGN, is Curse of the Dead Gods, which is a roguelike action game with fast-paced combat and intense challenges. Players traverse uh, procedural generated dungeons. Uh, from a perspective as they build their arsenal before facing different enemies and bosses. Uh, IGN gave that a 9 out of 10. So, Yield, I know you uh, you were a little down on this on the Facebook group. Well, uh, like I said, not every month can be a good month, and this is one of them. I might try, t- I might try Tribes of Midgard. I know when I saw the trailer of it, I was like, eh. 
I, it, it didn't intrigue me, but since I get it for free, I might give it a whirl, but it, it, no, I, none of them really just screamed that, oh yeah, I want to play that. What about Curse of the Dead Gods? Not interested at all? No, not really. All right, Matt, what about you? I might try Tribes. I was looking to, after playing through Valheim, I was interested in another Norse-type game, so I might give that a shot. And Curse of the Dead Gods I've had available on Game Pass for a while, and I haven't touched it, so I'm probably not going to do anything with that one. We don't say Games Pass on this show, so. Yeah, we do. We say it all the time. Uh, Someone keeps trying to compare Plus to Game Pass. Why Why do you got to kill my joke, Yield? Hey, I'm just being real. Alex, what about you, sir? Uh, nothing that immediately stands out to me, uh, but, you know, doesn't mean there's no winners this month. I mean, what's it called? Uh, FIFA is always a big, it's always a popular thing, but, I mean, I figure that at the same time that anyone who really, really wants to play that game is going to go out and buy it as soon as they can, so I'm not sure that how many of those people they're going to convert to FIFA on that one, but, I mean, you know, the other games seem, you know, they're at least worth a look. I mean, any of the games they put out there are worth a look, um, so. All right. Moving on, uh, we have a couple past two topics. Uh, Activision Blizzards have officially uh, unanimously approved the uh, Microsoft acquisition. Um, and this article is coming from IGN. It's written by Rebecca Valentine. Uh, she says, some questions remain. Announced via press release, over 98% of the shares voted in favor of the acquisition, which is expected to close sometime in the upcoming Microsoft fiscal year, which is between July of this year and June of next year. Voters approved the acquisition at $95 per share, considerably higher than the share price as of late, which has been slowly dropping over the last month from the low 80 range and been hovering in the $76 to $77 range. Uh, for anybody that knows the stock market, that's you know, information for you. Uh, one key hurdle is the likelihood of an investigation by the FTC. Uh, it's recently approved head has already shown the willingness to tackle big tech antitrust issues, including blocking the NVIDIA acquisition, and reopening the case against Meta, uh, who, if any of you don't know, owns Facebook. Uh, the deal will also require regulatory approval abroad, including in China. Uh, so there you go with that. Uh, since the lawsuit, over a 1,000 employees have called for the removal of the CEO, Bobby Kotick. After reports that he knew about a number of the sexual harassment and al- assault allegations, Though it's unclear if Kotick will remain post-acquisition, he stands to receive a $15 million golden parachute compensation if he departs. Anybody want to comment on that? I had read an article a while back saying as much that the buyout language didn't seem to have anything related to Kotick, which is very speculative on what that means. It could be good for him or bad for him or extremely good for him that he gets his golden parachute. It's a lot of people are hoping that regardless of that parachute that he's gone with the merger uh, yet to be I seen. Cannot, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't see a world in which he keeps his job. Really shouldn't. I mean, Phil Spencer's already the head of, you know, Microsoft games they have an infrastructure there of already people and just trying to f- to shoehorn Bobby Kotick in there is going to cause a whole lot of chaos. And then, you know, Bobby Kotick after being CEO for so many years, do you think he wants to answer to Phil Spencer? I don't think so. And Phil Spencer doesn't want to sit there and have Bobby Kotick hanging around. Phil Spencer's the person in charge. 
He's been doing a good job, and people really seem to like him, so he's going to be the guy in charge, and there's no way that Bobby Kotick keeps his job or becomes part of Microsoft after the merger. All right, Yield, any comments? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. Moving on. Uh, also come from IGN, is written by Ryan Dinsdale. Skull and Bones gameplay has leaked and shows combat, on-foot exploration, and more. Uh, it's unclear which version of the game is the which version of the game this quote technical test build quote end quote is from as Skull and Bones received a major reboot before entering an alpha stage in July of last year. Ubisoft invited some players to test an early version last month, however, meaning this leaked gameplay shared by uh well Sam L on Reddit could well be from the insider program. This version of the game, Skull and Bones gameplay, revolves around a hub area similar to the tower from Destiny 2 that players will frequent in order to craft items, visit shops, take on missions, and so on. The hub, called St. Anne, is, quote, the center of pirate activity, end quote, and thus where players are encouraged to socialize through emotes and organize their teams of up to three players. Players will then head out into the world to complete quests through gameplay similar to what's been shown before, naval battles that appear slightly more complex than those from Assassin's Creed. Most of Skull and Bones appears to revolve around this gameplay loop, though it's mixed up by different types of battles, including attacks on forts and settlements, NPC ships and player ships, and bigger world events such as taking on a merchant and its fleet of escorts. Players will need to prepare beforehand so they have enough resources to keep their ship in good health and food and drink to keep their crew's morale up. Not doing so well will result in the boat being sunk. Players then respawn and can return to collect their cargo, or a mutiny where the crew takes over the ship and likely just returns to the player to an outpost. Island exploration appears to be less freeform than what players might expect. Instead of being able to stop the ship anywhere, the gameplay showed only certain outposts that the player can dock out and then explore on foot. While a narrator in the video states that everything in Skullbones can be played solo, co-op is also available and missions come with a, quote, recommended number of players, end quote. The infamy system at the center of the progression, with the player starting out as an outcast before rising the swashbuckler, cutthroat, and so on. While the gameplay didn't show all levels of infamy, there appear to be around 15 different levels. Each one unlocks more ship upgrades, recipes to craft, tools, and so on, using vanity cosmetics for both player, character, and ship. There appears to be dozens, if not hundreds, of different cosmetics available, and it's also important for you to look the part. Players will also gain access to bigger and better ships as they level up their infamy, which will also gradually rise through exploration, battling, treasure hunting, and more. Uh, so, Yield, mm -hmm. uh, I know this was a game you were hyped for, then lost interest in, uh, I know you said on the Facebook group you're going to have to see it to, or they're going to have to sell it to you. Through what I said, does this give you any hope? No. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, I just Googled for the gameplay that I'll watch when we're done. But I, I mean, they, they literally have to resell me on the game because I was, I was dead set after E3 2018. You know, let's get this game rolling. Yeah, here, here's my money. And now they've totally changed the way the game was originally shown and been in eight years of developmental hell. And so, you know, I'm keeping an eye on it, but you got to sell me on it. And the fact that you're not that I'm opposed to co-op 
But unless I've got friends who all buy it, I'm not just going to randomly find co-op partners to go on the seven seas with. I would rather just sink them. All right. Uh, just to, not to correct you, but the uh, game was actually revealed E3 of 2017, not 18. Okay. But still, it's it's been a long time. That version of the game, I absolutely wanted. This version of the game, I don't know. They well, got it, like it, I said, they got to sell me. It, it does say it looks a lot like what was revealed originally. I'm, I, and I am disappointed in the article when it says that, you know, that they're, shoe, they're shoehorning your expo, exploration into, you have to go here. We're, we're in an age of development where you go where you want to go. Not, you can't explore this island, you can only explore this island. So, that's disappointing. Alright, Matt? Tell you, listen, you rattle off all the buzzwords that Ubisoft was throwing into that article, it all sounds terrible. Customization options? It's, that just breathes and eats microtransactions. So they're going to want to sell you every hat, every overcoat, every... Decoration tear on it the on sword. your shoulder. I, where where both eye patches carry two pi- uh, parrots. Yeah, it's like Yield said at the beginning. It looked halfway interesting, and it looked like a viable challenger to. Uh, I can't even remember the Microsoft Pirate game. Now, sea of Thieves. Thieves. Thank you. Yeah, Sea of Thieves. I played for all of twenty hours and gave up. And now they're talking. Oh, you know, maintain your ship and. Freaking! Oh, careful! Otherwise, you're gonna have a mutiny. No, I, I'm not down for micromanaging the ship to that level. All right, Alex. I mean, I like pirates, but for some reason, you know, come to think of it, I don't really pay play any pirate games, so I guess I don't really pi- like pirates all that much after all. I mean, well, no, I just I I've never really been interested in this game, and as time has gone on, I'm just impressed that it's still in in development. You know, I would like this game to come out for the sake of yield, so he could at least see a finished product and decide whether or not he likes it. But I've just—I've never been one to be like, "Yeah, this," I, yeah, no. I to to be fair, this game was born out of the hype that uh, Black Flag gave everybody because everybody loved the the sailing in Black Flag, and that's what kind of spawned this idea. Actually, everybody- actually, it was out of uh, Assassin's Creed Three, wasn't it? No, it was Black Flag. It was Black, Black Flag? Flag? Okay. Black Flag was the one first one where we got the sail ships. Three was the uh, American Revolution. Yeah, but I thought there was some sailing in that one. There might have been, but it was. I don't think that, that they had real combat. Not to the level that Black Flag was. Right. Okay. Uh, I, I could be wrong. It's, I, I've never beaten three, so... I, I can't really say what the ship combat was in that game. No, you're right. Everybody praised Black Flag's ship combat and said, why can't we just get a game with that? Right, okay. So, I'm I'm not crazy. <laughs> it was Black Flag. Uh, Alright, so with that, uh, we have some Rocket League news coming. Uh, this has come from David Matthews over at IGN. The headline reads, Rocket Plague, Rocket League... <laughs> New mode bat- is Battle Royale for people who hate Battle Royale. 
So I, serious, I seriously doubt that. I read the article. That did not entice me at all. All right. So for everybody who doesn't know uh, what Yield knows already, uh, Knockout is a part of Rocket League's spring in-game event called the Knockout Bash, which goes from April 27th to May 10th. This new game mode involves using the driver soccer skills you've used in the normal game in an eight-player destruction derby type battle royale. In addition to the existing movesets, there are new three new skills to master. Attack, block, and grab. Attack is basically dodging into an opponent to set, uh, dodging into an opponent to send them flying if placed right. Block is essentially a parry which reflects the attacks back onto the opposing player with the proper timing, and grab allows you to, well, to grab other players and throw them. Knockout also adds a secondary mechanics in which basically enhanced versions of existing moves such as boosting, jumping, and lock-on. For example, if you're able to do a triple jump instead of the normal double jump. <coughs> Knockout features three new arenas for the mode called Calvera, Carbon, and Quadron. The walls of each arena have been worn away and perfect for knocking players out of the arenas. Unlike Battle Royale games, Knockout is a solo queue only and gives each player three lives, a shrinking dome called the Safe Zone surrounding each area, similar to shrinking circles in other Battle Royale games. If the player goes out of the Safe Zone for 10 seconds, they're automatically KO'd. If there isn't a winner after 6 minutes, there is a sudden KO where every attack is fully maxed out and those thrown into the safe zone are automatically knocked out. This will likely appeal to those who prefer quicker games. In fact, the shorter time limit and three lives seems tailor-made for those who aren't too keen on Battle Royale games in general. Of course, this new rock Knockout Bash event comes in the new game collectibles, such as Fluorescent Wheels, Monarch Boost, and Flutter, Flutter by Decal. There are also golden gift baskets, which are basically loot boxes that contain random items. So, Alex, I'm going to go to you first, sir. Does this sound something like you would want to play? I've played it. It's not fun. Played it, and it's not fun. Wow. It's just, like, like, the controls, it's it's pretty simplistic as far as, like, what you can do. There's not a lot to, like, learn. Obviously, you grab people, you know, you can evade, you can attack. Like, I, I've just been playing it, and it's, I'm having trouble doing all of those things. It's not, like... I don't know. It's just, I, I don't think that, so people who come play Rocket League, they got hooked on the Rocket League gameplay. This isn't Rocket League gameplay, so I don't know, um, you know, granted, there are people playing, it's not hard to find a match, but at the same time, it's like, this is nowhere near the gameplay that made Rocket League Rocket League. It's not why, what be, brought people to the dance and trying to shoehorn some Battle Royale mechanic in it. And I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to future-proof the game so that it's not just all about the Sakaar part. But, honestly, this is, it's not what the game was built on. No one comes to I, I, no one came to Rocket League for a battle royale game. So why are you trying to stuff it in now? And like I said, I've I've tried to play it for the the spring event, and it's not good. I don't like it. Like if there if there were no items or any like rewards tied to this for the the springtime event, I wouldn't play it. I you know what I play you know what I want to do when I turn on Rocket League? I want to play Rocket League. Maybe some snow day. Uh, the hoops thing every once in a while, sure, but Sakaar, that's what I want to play. I don't want to play some Battle Royale, like, Mario Mario Party minigame, where it's like we're just trying to bash each other off of a, a map. Sorry, that's not that's not why people play this game to me. And as someone who has been a big Rocket League fan for years, and just tried this new game, it's not fun. I don't like it. Get it out. Alright, Yield? 
Uh, I will probably play the free matches required to get the reward that you need to do it, but uh, props to the uh, author of the article for making it sound like really awesome, but you didn't you didn't say anything in that article that makes me go, yep, I am one of those people who hate Battle Royale. Wow, you made it sound like I want to play Battle Royale. Nope, everything you listed in there, I'm like, nope, that's why I don't play Battle Royale. I have no desire to. And like Alex said, I'm I'm here to play Snow Day and Sock Car. I'll give you, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank. What in essence, Dropout. Dropout. I was thinking it was called, it's like Breakout, but, you know, Dropout. Dropout wasn't bad once you got the hang of it. Hoops, I'm not good enough controlled in the air to play it. I'll play it every once in a great while, but I'm here for Snow Day and Sock Car. And that's it. You know, I, props for trying something new, but it, it, it's not for me. And I ain't even played it. I just don't even like the sound of it. Well, uh, I want to give a shout out to the author because he is a freelance writer. He actually is an employee at IGN, so uh, double shout out to him. Matt, uh, I don't know if you play Rocket League or if you're even interested in this, but what's your insight? I haven't touched Rocket League since the first month it came out on PS Plus on the PS4. Once I saw the first opponent do like a crazy backflip, kickspin, goal. I just, I go, okay, this game is not for me, but kind of echoing what Alex and Yield are saying, this doesn't sound interesting at all. It's, it's it, Battle Royale, everybody's trying to cash in on the craze, and I feel like this is a little too late for Rocket League to try to figure out how they fit into the pie. It's, it just sounds not that great. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to try to give it a shot, uh, but I, I feel like with all these, uh, special events they do, like Dropout and, you know, the Stockout, they may be setting it up to, uh, for Rocket League 2. Like, these might be game modes that come out for Rocket League 2. So. See, what I, I see it as is they're trying to elongate the life of Rocket League by trying to pull in more people, like, instead of Sakaar getting more popular, they're like, how are we going to pour, pull more people into the Rocket League ecosystem? Oh, well, we don't have this Battle Royale style of gameplay. Let's try to get some of that by pulling those people into our ecosystem. So they may completely ignore the, the sports part of it, hoops and soccer and whatever, but at least they'll play the Battle Royale. So I think they're trying to make this, they're trying to cast a wider net to make sure they don't actually have to put out Rocket League 2 as soon, if they even want to do that. But again, like all the game modes... You know, Sakaar has always been, like, the thing, and I will always come back to that. But everything else they've added since, it's like, it's not as good as Sakaar, so why would I play it? Alright. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the show. Just wanted to let you guys know that uh, before we recorded, we did not receive an episode of Sophie's Trophies, and Sid had sent it in late. So we're going to patch it into the show now. Enjoy this episode of Sophie's Trophies. Hello again guys, it's Sid again with another Sophie's Trophy. And surprise, surprise, this is going to be an Elden Ring. Because um, I'm going to keep flogging this dead horse till it comes back to life. Um, I can't stop playing this game, the game is awesome. Um, now this one is going to kill two birds with one stone. This is going to be a uh, guide to the Var questline, who is a character you meet. And also get you to a place where you can farm some runes really, really quickly and really, really easily. Um, so what you need to do. After speaking to Var when you first come out in the game, he's the first character you see. 
and the first one you talk to. Play through the game until you defeat Godric. Um, Godric is the first major boss in Stormhill Castle. Then once you have killed him, go to the Round Table Hold, which is your Firelink Shrine type area. Speak to the Finger Reader there. You can only speak to her after you've killed Godric. You need to have um, a shard, an Elden Ring shard, and Godric carries the first one. So once you've spoken to her, you need to head over to an area called Lernia of the Lakes, or Leonia of the Lakes, and speak to Var at somewhere called Rose Church. It is in the middle of the lake. Um, so when you speak to Var, you say to him, the two fingers didn't seem right. So make sure you say that, because if you don't, the conversation will end, and uh, you can't go any further. Now, he will give you an item that you can use to invade. He'll give you three of these items. So you need to do invade somebody's game three times. Now, you don't need to win. All you need to do is invade. Once you have done that, go back and speak to Vars again, or Var. Get anointed as a Knight of Mog, or Moog. Not quite sure how to pronounce that. He will then give you a rag. You take this rag to a place called the Church of Inhibition, which is in the uh, northeast of Leonia. Um, you need to find this church, and there will be a maiden sat on a chair. So what you want to do is go up to the maiden, and you'll get a prompt that will say, um, anoint your ragging blood. So you do that. Then you go back to Var. Um, there's a lot of back and forth in this one, guys, but Var never moves, so you don't need to worry about that. So you go back, speak to him again. He will ask you to cut off your finger. So agree to do this. And one of the things he will give you is something called a Pure Blood Knight's Medal. Now, he says do not use it, but he's talking bullshit. So just ignore him and use it. It will transport you to a new area, um, which is Mog's area. I can't remember the name of the area, guys, and I probably couldn't pronounce it. So after all of those steps, you end up in this area and you will end up at a site of grace. Now, if you go down the stairs from the site of Grace, not up the stairs, make sure you go down the stairs. Summon Torrent, who is your horse. Go all the way around. Just keep following the path round. There are a lot of high-level enemies. And if you cock up, you will die. But, if you do manage to make it through, which isn't too difficult as long as you keep moving, you'll come to a little hill where there are a load of little enemies all asleep. So if you ignore those and go straight above them, you will end up at another um, site of grace. Now, save at this site of grace. You need a bow and arrow, guys. Um, very easy to get hold of. So if you get a bow and arrow, if you run across to the uh, edge of the cliff and look down, you will see a big bird. You shoot that bird, and nine times out of ten, it will run off the edge, netting you 12,000 souls. Um, which is a hell of a lot of souls if you're low level so keep doing this guys uh, you can do it as many times as you want there is another um, glitch that you can do but uh, from software being the bastards that they are they have kind of patched that one out it is still possible but it's a lot harder it's uh, working your way above the cliffs um, where you are at your site of grace so if you manage to work your way up the cliffs You'll see ghosts of people doing it, so you'll be able to work your way there. It doesn't work all the time. 
um, you run to the end on top of the cliffs out of bounds and if you double jump you have to double jump on torrent which is your steed and swing your sword keep swinging your sword um, do not stop swinging your sword you will fall through the map you will fall out of the game and the map will despawn um, once it despawns you will get uh, roughly 100,000 souls or something like that um, takes about two minutes for the map to despawn once it despawns press your map button and go back to your site of grace so warp back to your site of grace if you don't you will die um, if you spend too long there you'll die so as soon as the um, you'll, you'll, you'll see your uh, runes will go up as soon as that happens guys make sure to tr fast travel back to your um, site of grace and then you can either do the cliff again which is next to you or just keep shooting the bird sometimes the bird will not fall off the map it, it depends eventually when you're strong enough all the sleeping enemies you can take them out quite quickly and that will net you around uh, 100,000 souls or something or 10,000 souls not quite sure yeah 10,000 souls um, but that is it for me guys um, if there's any more Elden Ring you want me to talk about let me know um, like I say I keep playing it I can't stop playing it um, but I will say uh, play the Skywalker Saga because it is actually really 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 good um, I might do a Sophie's Trophies on that one day but it depends how long it takes for me to finish it so um, that's it for this week guys a bit of a rushed one because I'm late doing this so <laughs> sorry tricky um, I will talk to you again next week, hopefully, and keep getting those trophies. Bye. Uh, that being said, we're going to move on to our topic of the week. But before we do our topic of the week, we have to do our listener or reader questions or our listener questions. I always swear I would say reader questions. Time to check my social media. All right, Matt, before we actually do our question. I ask all our guests because we have one person that hates that sound. How do you feel on that sound? It's it's very social media e. So I'll I'll give you credit for throwing it in there. Okay, good. Because we, we now I just you know not only do I think it's a good sound, but now I just like played it just to annoy Joe because he hates it. All right, so we only have one question, and it comes from Rick. He says, what is your pride and joy gaming-related memorabilia? Oh, yes, he has two parts to it, but I'm going to start there. So, Matt, I'll start with you. What is your pride and joy gaming memorabilia? I actually have two that I'm having difficulty choosing between. First was the Gears of War 3 Retro Lancer replica that my then-girlfriend, now-wife, bought me for my birthday one year. And the other is a set of stylized Mega Man 2 portraits of the Robot Masters and Mega Mans that I have hanging up on our wall. So those it, two very nice decorations that I love. Well, shout out to Veronica on that. She's, uh, she's also very active in our Facebook groups. Alex? I would have to say my gold cartridge for Ocarina of Time. Uh, I got the gold cartridge and it came out at retail and I even had like, you know, it's got the gold shimmery box. I still have the box. So, uh, I don't, well, I don't know if I, I still have the booklet or everything. 
I don't have the box and the cartridge, so that probably... I don't have a lot of game memorabilia that I've kept over the years. I still have my uh, my nice little, very clean, awesome Dreamcast in full working order, which I do also like as well. But um, yeah, I mean, probably the, the gold cartridge for Ocarina of Time. All right, Yield? Uh, I'm pretty stoked about my uh, Thunderjaw statue. Okay. Uh, and I have to say, uh, I'm very happy that I was able to get all of the Darksiders statues. Um, I don't know if you boys can see it. It's actually right behind me. I got all five of them. Uh, I was very stoked about that. I love those. Uh, even if you don't like the game, I think those statues were pretty damn cool. All right, and the other part... Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that the other games couldn't live up to num- the first one. I thought Darksiders 2 was pretty good. I've never beaten 3, and I've never beaten Genesis, so I can't I can't speak on those, but I thought 2 was pretty good. Yeah, I was not a fan. 2, to me, was just bloated, and they went away too much from what the, made the first game successful. So the first one was really good. second one, I was not a huge fan of. All right, and the other part of Rick's question is... uh. Do you have any gaming-related memorabilia that gave you buyer's remorse after the fact? Again, we'll start with you, Matt. Is there anything you bought that you immediately said, ah, maybe I shouldn't have gotten this one? Uh, I think I actually still have Star Fox Zero's tie-in game, Guard. I don't know. I think I kept it just because it was worthless to trade in anyway. All right, Alex? No, I mean, I've I've kind of gotten rid of a lot of my, my video game stuff and, you know, games and stuff over the years. I guess I, I would instead answer that I have a regret that I've gotten rid of too much stuff. Like, I wish I had kept more of my N64 cartridges, you know, even though my N64 died and I had to get it. It got to the point where it was resetting itself every minute. Oh, oh no. You know, so I'd be playing Banjo. I think you're missing the, the, the spirit of the question. Is there anything that you bought that immediately you bought it and you're like, oh, maybe I should have bought this? No, but I mean, that shows some type of regret, and I'm, you know, instead saying that my regret is more like getting rid of too much of my video game memorabilia. Okay, so. fair enough. Yield? Can't think of anything off the top of my head. I, I, did, I, I did think of another one that I'm really proud of, and that's my Uncharted 4 pirate coin. Okay. Uh, mine? I don't know that I really regretted anything that I purchased. I'm looking up on my wall right now. Um, you know, I would say my Vita, but someone bought that for me. Ow! Zing! You can say the same thing. Well, I can, but I, I enjoyed my Vita for, for what little I, games I had to play on it. I'm not going to say this. Uh, I'm not going to say I had any remorse after buying anything, but there are a couple collector's edition statues that I opened up and I was like, ah, this isn't as cool as I thought it was going to be, or it wasn't as detailed as I thought it was going to be. Um, I could say the Last of Us 2 statue wasn't as detailed as I thought it was going to be. I mean, it still looks like Ellie. It's still cool, but it doesn't really look like her. Can I Can I do another answer in hindsight of something I bought, which I was totally happy with? When I was a kid, but then looking back, I wish I had bought something else. Well, that okay, go ahead. So we all remember the Genesis versus the SNES days, right? Like those two camps. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought a Genesis, or I had my mom bought me a Genesis because I was too young to have a job. 
So she bought me a Genesis, and, you know, I enjoyed my Genesis. And then, like, after time had gone on, and I had gotten older, I looked at the Super Nintendo, and I was like, man, I should have bought a Super Nintendo instead. I mean, my stepbrother has a Super Nintendo, so I got to play some of the games. But I would have rather, because, I mean, I saw my st- uh, stepbrother, like, once once a week. So um, I mostly live with my mom, and he was at my dad's house. So I wish I had had a Super Nintendo at my mom's house instead of a Genesis because the Super Nintendo was better and the Super Nintendo library was better than the Genesis library. So, all right, all right. So our topic of the week, uh, gentlemen. I don't know if you realize, but there's actually five more topics at, at the bottom of this. Yeah, I, I saw that. Well, that's that's what we do on here. I, I, I just didn't know if you saw that or not. I I, I did. It's it, it's not topic of the week. It's topics of the week. Well, well, we didn't bring Matt on to have a thirty-minute show, so let's let's get into this. Let's dig well, in. Also, all these topics of the week are related to the same thing, so it's it's really a topic. All right. Uh, first thing I did was I, I I got an email from PlayStation. I'm sure a lot of you got it as well, but for some reason, if you did not get the email, uh, we have some news about the new PlayStation Plus. I'm going to read this entirely. Uh, this should be an email. If it's not, well, here you go. I deleted uh, mine. Say again. I deleted mine. <laughs> uh, get up to speed on the latest details and local pricing. Uh, from June 13th, you'll have access to a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games, including Death Stranding, God of War, Mortal Kombat 11, Returnal, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and many more to be announced. So, Alex, you have no excuse not to play Spider-Man anymore. Please note that the new games will be added to the game catalog every month while others may leave the service. You'll also be able to play up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming, a catalog of the beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. You can stream the games using a PS4, PS5, or PC. All of these games will be available... Excuse me. All these games will be available along with your PlayStation Plus benefits, including monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts on the PlayStation Store, cloud storage for saved games, online multiplayer access, which is everything you have right now with PlayStation Plus. You'll have access to time-limited game trials for select games you could try before you buy on the PlayStation Store. What this means for you, you don't need to do anything. As a current member of both services, we'll automatically migrate you to a single subscription plan into the new improved PlayStation Plus service. With a single reoccurring payment date and price unless one or both of your memberships expire before the new service starts. Rest assured that your membership will include all the same great PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now benefits you enjoy today. From monthly games and online multiplayer to the catalog of hundreds of titles with streaming and download access, all the good stuff is staying. The cost of your membership will not increase when the new service launches unless you choose to make any of the changes to your subscription plan. The new service launches, you'll be you will pay one reoccurring subscription fee instead of two. The payment date will be based on whichever of your subscriptions has the later payment date. That is the email. Do we want to make any comments before I go on to the first article? No, not yet. Alex? No, I'll let you keep going on. Matt? Go on, sir. All right. So, our first controversial part of this. Uh, This is coming from IGN and is written by Robert Anderson. Uh, Sony has seemingly disabled the ability 
ability to redeem PlayStation Plus codes from third-party retailers or via the PlayStation Store. Some players have tried to extend or stack their PlayStation Plus memberships after the news broke that the, with the simultaneous PlayStation Plus and Now subscriptions will be upgraded to PlayStation Plus Premium in June, with the length of the new subscription being equal to their longest current memberships. But after purchasing a PlayStation Plus code, users then reported the codes being rejected after an attempted redemption. This is now a widespread issue with some evidence that Sony support will not accept the codes. Example of this can be found on the Reset Error forums, with one user being told, On this case right now, you will be unable to add those codes to the account since we have disabled the option to redeem PlayStation Plus codes. Stacking a membership is where a user can use prepaid cards to redeem an, ex an extension to their current membership. For example, a user with a 12 months left on the PlayStation Plus could previously buy another 12 months stacking their membership to two years, even before the subscription expires. This is typically common practice when PlayStation Plus codes were discounted during sales events. It is now believed by some in the PlayStation Plus uh, PlayStation community that Sony has blocked this to prevent users from taking advantage of making any savings on the revamped PlayStation Plus service. There is, uh -huh. an, there is an update to this article. Uh, a updated on April 29th. Sony has confirmed it has stopped the PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now stacking for the existing members prior to the new Plus launch. This information can be found on a recently updated PlayStation Plus FAQ page. One of the FAQ sections reads, quote, As we prepare to launch the new PlayStation Plus membership, we are doing some work behind the scenes to make the transition as smooth as possible for our existing members. As part of this work, we've temporarily disabled stacking memberships for existing customers until after the launch. The original story is below, and I already read that. So, I'm going to start this off and say it makes no sense for them to stop this. Because if I have a bunch of codes that I bought, and you're stopping me from redeeming them, what to stop me from once you launch the service me putting those codes in it doesn't make sense to stop it now if you're not going to stop it in the future and if you're going to stop it in the future what the fuck are you going to do for all the people that spent hundreds of dollars stack buying these codes so they can stack because now you have to you have to compensate them in some way because now they purchased a product and now they can't even redeem it well are, are the codes no good period they did not say that. Okay, so I take this as, one, you shouldn't have procrastinated. You should have done it as soon as they announced that they were linking everything up. Because I had a feeling that they were going to do this. Because Sony's not dumb. They know people are going to stack it. They know people who's got plot now through maybe the end of the year, maybe a couple of years. They're like, you know what, I'm just going to buy Plus, and I'm going to stack this sucker, and I'm going to stick one to Sony. So you should have done it like last month. Secondly, they'll probably, I'm just guessing, work it out so that when you put these codes in, they'll just be like, your plus is ex expanded, not, you know, not your now is expanded. Where before, you could dump it in, and they'll be like, well, we'll just move you over, and it's all the same. Just my guess. I don't blame Sony for not trying to lose a whole bunch of money because people are getting the... Are, are, you know, grandfathered into the top tier for the next ten years because they went out and bought a play, bought a bunch of PlayStation Plus codes. 
and then redeem those. And it's like, oh, you got ten years, so you're you're the premium. You paid, you know, fifty or sixty dollars or whatever you paid, and you get the top tier for ten years. I don't blame them for trying to stop that. What I do blame them on is they should have contacted all retailers. They should have contacted all retailers and said, pull all these cards from the shelf, get all the PlayStation Plus cards off the shelf. By this, we have to deal with this. Yeah, block block new purchases of PlayStation Plus on PSN. And that's what they should have done to stop this, to allow people, you know, to stop people from buying up a whole bunch of codes and then trying to redeem them. So you got this mess now. So I I understand, you know, Sony is like, I, you know, from what I, I thought I had heard that Sony was saying the code is still good. You just can't redeem it right now to try and stack it. OK, so so, so if, if that's the case, that, that was the second part of what I said. If that's the case, then why stop it at all? Because you did- because later on, once the service is launched, they will get. For what they paid, they'll get essential PlayStation Plus essential instead of being grandfathered into premium for extra years. Yes. So what? At a cheaper price. So what if I win? They're trying not to lose money to where people are paying a cheaper price to get the top tier of PlayStation Plus in the future. Okay, so if I bought ten years of PlayStation Now cards, you have to re- you have to honor that, correct? Well, I mean, I guess so. I would have hoped they would have contacted retailers and said, "Get all these off the shelf." I, okay, and I'm with you on that, but what I'm saying is if, if you're going to stop me from redeeming those codes now, no pun intended, then once your service launches, am I going to be able to redeem those 10 years of cards? And if that's the case, then why stop it? Because it's just going to stack anyway. Well, you'll probably just get what it, I'm sure that they've got it. Fi- well, it's Sony. You never know. You would hope that they've got it figured out so that whatever standard now is, it will equate to something else. More than likely, my guess would be your now cards will just go over to PlayStation Plus, and that's what'll stack. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that, Matt. What? what about I, well, I, I, thought, I, I thought we had talked about they were stopping selling PlayStation Now codes, like you could not buy new PlayStation Now subscriptions. Well, I I think I think when we originally talked about they were going to stop the Now sales. And they, I think they talked about retailers doing that. But if you go to like cdkeys.com or PlayAsia or something like that, you can still get the codes from there. Also, and one, one thing I do want to clear up, sorry, Matt, we'll, we'll get you here in a sec. But as a, I thought when you were a, just a basic PlayStation Plus customer, you were going to be, you know, brought over to the essentials. So you weren't going to get anything different. Are you all saying that I would be, since I'm a PlayStation Plus already, that I would be put into premium when this new service launches. No, what if I remember correctly, and I can go back and research this while Matt's talking. I believe they said anybody that has PlayStation Now will automatically be upgraded to the premium until the end of their Now subscription. Yeah, that's that's what I thought it was. But sorry, because if if that is now if if Spider Man is now part of the um the extra tier or the premium tier, I'm assuming part of the extra tier because that's the middle one. I, I wouldn't have access to it because I would just have essential. Well, that's that's what I'm. That's why I was saying if I bought ten years of now to stack it, then you have to honor that. Because I I don't see the reason for them stopping any PlayStation Plus codes because that's you're basically just getting whatever you're getting anyway. That's not changing. I think they should stop the net the the now stacking. Okay, fine. But as I said, if I bought ten years of now. And now you're not letting me redeem it until June 13th or later. You have to honor that at the end, or you're going to have to compensate me my money in either PlayStation Store credit or whatever the case may be. 
or just give people their money back. Um, but they can't do that to yeah. third party retailers. Um, but so okay, so the problem is not with PlayStation Plus subscriptions; it is with the PlayStation Now specific. Cards. Right, because people are going and, out and buying now because they're automatically getting the top tier PlayStation Plus for what they would pay for, what you would pay for for you know the basic. Plus. So, so wait, if someone just gets a code online, like if it's not an approved retailer, it's just some, you know, website where they're, you know, Tricky, you mentioned some name earlier, I don't remember C- what it was. CD but... Keys and PlayAsia. Okay, uh, well, PlayAsia is more, um, I think, more, I would assume more uh, kosher than, but CD Keys, is that like an actual, like, approved retailer, or is it just some, like, site where people, like, resell shit? Uh, no, it, it, it's approved. I, I stacked my Plus a couple years ago through them. When they had it for like okay. thirty bucks. Well, because I was gonna say, if you're out there just buying like stuff on websites randomly, then you know you may fall into this issue where you buy a code and it's no good, and you know buying something from Target or from Best Buy or something like that, I can understand you being pissed. If you're just going buying something from some random website that's not an approved retailer with Sony, then you might just be out of luck. See, because I'm I'm looking on CD Keys right now, and they've got a. One year PlayStation Plus subscription for fifty dollars, which is ten dollars cheaper. Ah, uh, so that's not like, but that's not MSRP. So is that? I mean, I would assume that they're just buying up codes and then selling it for cheaper. I I don't know what their case is. I don't know if they're an approved retailer or whatnot. But I mean, they're also selling. Uh, uh, okay, I'm looking right now. They're selling Xbox codes. Um, they mostly sell PC codes because uh, years ago, uh, they, PlayStation stopped selling uh, game codes. You couldn't get the game codes from third-party retailers for digital games. Yeah, but if, you, if you're just getting this from a website that just sells you know, discount codes, I mean, Walmart will sell uh, games at $10 cheaper. I think they sell, at least they were for a while. I think they still do, but they sell games for $10 cheaper than you can get at other stores. But if you just go to a website and they're selling you codes for cheaper and it's not a pre Sony retailer, what does Sony owe you then? Uh, I mean, I mean, that's a fair question. Uh, before I go to Matt, because I know, Matt, you've been waiting a long time, I just looked up CD keys for PlayStation Now. A 12-month subscription for PlayStation Now on CD keys right now is forty seven nineteen. So you're talking $12 cheaper and you can stack it? All right, Matt. I I know you've been we've been stopping you from talking. What's your opinion on all this? So I liken this back to when Xbox rolled out Xbox or Game Pass Ultimate because they actually allowed people not unlimited, but you were able to roll your gold into Ultimate by buying your your keys but they limited it to two years you couldn't go beyond that with your with your uh subscription this speaks to me like sony didn't have a plan if people were going to do that or if they did they didn't think a lot of people were going to do that so if somebody went out there and bought quote-unquote 10 years worth of keys I actually wouldn't be surprised if Sony said, well, that's your problem, not mine. Because depending on where you bought it from, if you bought it from a third-party seller, they could easily say, well, you need to go back to that third-party seller. 
If you bought it from an official retailer like Amazon or GameStop, I think they may work with somebody in that case. Like you mentioned, maybe give them credit. But to your point, Tricky, yeah, I I don't understand why stop it now if you're just going to allow it in the future unless there's too much for them to work through for people doing it now. They want people to buy into the service first at the advertised price before they allow any sort of workaround. All right. Uh, anybody else have comments on that, or should we keep moving on? No, I mean, I'd keep going. Okay. Uh, this is kind of reiterating some news that was stated in the email. Uh, this is also from uh, IGN and is written by Robert Anderson. Uh, PlayStation Plus users have, uh, that both have it now and Plus, will be getting upgraded to the new PlayStation Plus premium tier when it launches this year. The length will be equal to the longest subscription owed. So, uh, just to be clear about this, if anybody's confused about what that's saying, uh, let's say your PlayStation Plus ends at 2023, but your now subscription ends in 2027. You're going to be premium until 2027. That's not going to change. So, uh, that was, uh, confirmed on the PlayStation Plus FAQ section. So, uh, I think that's good of Sony to honor the longest description. Everybody agree? Yes. yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, moving on here. Uh, PlayStation Plus, uh, excuse me, PlayStation re- reportedly now requiring developers to create two hour game trials. This is written by George Yang and is coming from IGN. Game developers are reportedly now required to create timed game demos for PlayStation Plus premium subscribers. Going forward, any game that costs more than $34 must have an accompanying game trial for Sony subscription service that, for, that lasts at least two hours. As according to a report from game developer, many studios received this news in an update in Sony's developer portal and were reportedly not provided any previous communication about such a change. This new policy doesn't apply retroactively or at all to the PlayStation VR games. However, developers are planning to launch developers who plan to launch PlayStation games in the future will have to adhere to these updated guidelines. Developers reportedly have up to three months from the release of their games to put out a type trial and are required to be available on PlayStation Plus subscription service at a minimum of twelve months. Custom game demos for the service will reportedly be considered but it seems like Sony will only prove them on an individual basis. This new policy also is separate from the normal demos, and developers are still allowed to pursue in- initiatives like free-to-play weekends for all PlayStation owners. All right, so that is that. Uh, Yield, will go with you. What do you think about the two-hour game trials? It's nice. I guess it's really nice to pay for a really like, expensive demo. I mean, I mean, honestly, that's what it is. You're going to pay for a two-hour demo. So the whole reason as to why Sony went away with your shorter game demos was because and when you downloaded a demo, you downloaded basically the whole game was because it was expensive for developers to create a separate demo along with the game. Am, am I wrong with that? Originally, they went to that uh, oh, what's the word? business plan, I guess I want to say, years ago. Am I, am I incorrect with that? I don't remember accurately, accurately enough to say you're right or wrong. Okay. 
Well, that's what I'm going with. So, so now we're going to have you pay, in essence, almost an extra hundred dollars, sixty dollars a year, sixty dollars, an extra sixty dollars a year to get a specifically developed two-hour game deck. Okay, um, I don't like it. I, I think it's uh, it, it's a nice kickback for those who do invest in it, but. I just, I don't like it. All right, Matt? Uh, I think we all come from the age where having a demo generally is a good thing, but putting a premium on it is kind of annoying to me. But, I don't know. In today's age, it doesn't even matter. Demos just are an advertisement for the game that is going to get patched day one anyways with different things. Alex? I mean, I just extended de- like extended trials. Like two hours to me is not like that's such a it really when you think when you think about you, I, I made I made the same joke on Facebook. I in terms of today's games, that could be very little gameplay. Let's be perfectly honest about that. And they are choosing what you get to play. It just it it may be a nice feature, but in terms of paying one hundred twenty dollars a year, I don't know why anyone would pay one hundred twenty dollars a year to have access to these. Like, I understand there are other games at play, but when I think about all the other things like cloud saving and you know being able to play online and just like game sales and stuff like that, free games, extended de- like trials, just kind of seems like why the hell would I pay for that? See, I I listening to you guys, it sounds like. I took this news for the game demos entirely different from you guys. The way I read it, and the way you I- just called them demos, yeah, you just called them a demo. Thank you for proving our point. We were right, yield all uh, along. all along. Okay, excuse me. Trials. Say, no, 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 say, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, they no, were no. demos. <laughs> all right. Trial is just a fancy name for a longer demo. Okay. The way I took this news about the trials was. Basically, what they were going to do is say, here's the full game, play it for two hours to let you know how you could play it. But and see, I, and hold I, on, hold on. I, no, I'm going to cut you off there because you specifically read in here they are going to be required to make a two hour demo. So you're oh. not downloading the whole game. OK, OK, that that's what I was trying to get. OK, that's what I was going to get to. That's what I understood when we when Initially. we first talked about the the trials, because and I, I'm I'm my argument with that was when you get a demo, generally there are things that are blocked in the demo, whether it be powers, a sword, a level, whatever the case may be. So my interpretation of the trials was here's the full game, maybe not you know, all 60 gigs or whatever it is, but here's the full game and we're going to let you unlock everything and play with everything to let you know whether or not you like it or not. That's the way I took it initially. Now, as you'll just pointed out, reading this where there are, they, they must produce a, an accompanying game trial and they are required to produce a something else that reads a little different for me, but it also doesn't say that they they can't do what I described initially. 
That's no, the no, way I took it. You're you're correct, but I specifically remember when when you used to get the demo, and it was let's say a hundred megabytes for the demo, right. and then and then now you all of a sudden after I don't know how many years it was, Sony shifted their business plan, and then instead of downloading, it didn't matter the, the game if they offered a demo, you had let's say you were downloading Horizon, and you know you got to play you know, a demo of it. Well, you had to download the whole 50-odd gigs to play it. So that way, their their selling point was, so that way, if you buy the game, your progress shifts, uh, your progress shifts over, Continues. any trophies will pop, yada, yada, yada. It was a good selling point, and then the, crea- the devs did not have to make another demo, which was expensive on their part. It was like a win-win situation. Now, they're going to be forced into making a separate two-hour demo for the, uh, what is it, the, the premium members. Right. So now, devs are going to have to be getting some kind of good kickback, because obviously you said it several years ago, this costs money. It, anything we know about economics, it didn't get cheaper to make demos. All right, what you're talking about, where you had to download the whole game and then uh, unlock, I remember it, it getting a lot of negativity because a lot of people felt like we're downloading your entire game. The entire game is on our service. And you lost we, it. Once we pay the $60, you're ba- basically only selling, the $60 is only essentially only paying for an unlock key. key. Yep, and that's, that's, that, why I got that's exactly what it was. Does it feel like to anyone else that Sony was like the the people at SIE were just sitting in a boardroom and like, well, we got this tiered system now, we got to think of things to throw in this top tier. Oh, extended trials. How about that? Does it come across as that kind of thing? That sounds good. Anybody want to go to lunch? Absolutely. Okay, lunch is on me. <laughs> How do we justify the price of this thing? We need more bells and whistles. Hey, developer, uh, that's on you. If you don't like it, don't sell your game on our system. All right, so let's move on to the next. Whoa, thing here. Wait, wait, wait! It's okay for you to say Alex and I were right before we move on. I'm not saying Alex is right because to, to me, trials are not demos. But will you say yield is right? I'm not saying yield's right either. Okay, I will say it for Tricky's sake. Tricky just admitted that Alex and I were right. Okay, no, we can move on. That that was a Freudian slip. I'm not letting that fly from the horse's mouth. Uh, coming from IGN and written by Ryan Dinsdale. PlayStation has created a team preservation, uh, excuse me, a, a game preservation team. A team preservation game? Sounds kind of boring. Game preservation team. Oh, okay. Revealed by a new employee's Twitter and LinkedIn post as spotted by Video Games Chronicle, the division will focus on preserving PlayStation IPs to, quote, ensure our industry's history isn't forgotten, end quote. Uh, Garrett Friedley said his new role of senior build manager is one of PlayStation's initial hires for the, quote, newly created preservation team, end quote. Uh, PlayStation Studios Global QA manager Mike Bishop hired Freely and said in another post, presumably about the same team, that, quote, the day-to-day focus is on IP preservation for the business, ensuring the titles of today are captured, cataloged, and secured for the games industry of tomorrow, end quote. With Friedley being an initial hire, the preservation team still appears to be on its early stages, but will seemingly focus on ensuring 
the longevity of PlayStation games that date back as far as 1994 when the original console was released. PlayStation has shown a little bit more commitment to its retro library recently with the announcement of the new PlayStation Plus tiers, the most expensive of which includes access to hundreds of PS1, PS2, and PSP games. Now, I put this in because, to me, this related into, as I just said with the article, that this team was hired, at least to me, to really focus on getting the older games modernized. Is that what it sounds like to you guys? No, it sounds like to me that they're going to make sure that their games just don't disappear. Whether that be getting the IPs to catalog them, so that way, I don't know if you ever want to remaster them, or if you do want to move them to stream them, they have the rights or the code or whatever. That's kind of how I took it. Maybe, maybe even I'm wrong with my thought process on this. Matt, you also said no. Correct. This reads more to me kind of maybe if I was listening correctly, maybe you said it yield is Sony's looking for a way to control their IP so they can present them in the way that they want to to sell them. Video game preservation is a subject kind of near and dear to my heart because you heard me talking earlier about emulation and being able to play games that may no longer be able to. I was playing Crazy Taxi on my Steam Deck, and we all know the music in that game creates a logistical nightmare when it comes to licensing. And there's already societies out there doing game preservation. So until I see some action by Sony to make an effort to work with those societies, to me this is just talks of the smacks of them trying to retain their IP to sell it to us in some way, shape, or form down the line. All right, Alex? I think that Matt hit on it there, like ROMs and stuff like that. Like, that's kind of been one of the big discussions when it comes to video games is being able to play all these older games that aren't, you know, on sale elsewhere, and that probably sticking in the craw of a lot of video game companies, you know, people like Nintendo. So making sure that all of your IP, all your own games, whether they were made last year or, you know, 20 years ago, making sure those are still viable and, you know, able to be played and you have tight control over those, it's probably a pretty big, you know, point for uh, for Sony, Nintendo, and, and Microsoft as well. So I think it's more just protecting the IP and, and making sure that that back catalog is respected and, you know, that people can always find a place to play those. And not just for the sake of people being able to play them, but also for the sake of uh, the company and people not feeling like they have to go download ROMs and, you know, emulate games in order to be able to access them. Okay. I I, I want to present an argument to you guys. Essentially, do you need a team to do that? Because it sounds to me like with the way you guys are all describing it, that once it's been preserved, they don't... What does the team do? Well, I mean, I I don't know what goes all... What goes all into preserving a game, but they're about 20 years behind. So, it's going to take a while to get all to, to get all that caught up, and then they'll got the all of it's, what? It's been thirty years. Okay, thirty years. Still, I, it, it, it's been a long time. Yes. <laughs> so they've got a lot of cataloging to do, and then by the time they catch up to today, they probably will have those to catalog. So, 
the title here, Senior Build Engineer of this Garrett Friedley, that speaks to me as they're designing the systems to maintain and preserve these games in a way that they can meaningfully be adjusted. So you got to figure there's PS1 games out there that the systems to code and manipulate that source, the source files probably doesn't exist anymore. They've moved on to bigger and better engines. So I think part of the process is going to be coming up with a system to update and or be able to work on those source codes in whatever systems they're currently using. So I think there's some value there. But to me, it's it's more along the lines of you want to preserve games, make the source code available, make others able to store and retain those codes and fix things that come up. We've all seen stories about games that the original source code was lost due to fire or accident or hacker malfeasance. So maybe there's something altruistic there that they're trying to work on, but I feel like there's other ways of going about it. All right, let's move on to our last link here. Uh, this is also written by Ryan Dinsdale. Uh, I he He's a freelancer at IGN, so maybe I'm going to reach out to him, see if we can get him on the show, because he contributes a lot to this show. Uh, all right. Very unknowingly. Yes. Uh, hit the article reads, the first PlayStation, the first few PlayStation Plus premium retro games have seemed to have leaked. Uh, Tekken 2, Worms Armageddon, Worms World Party, and Mr. Driller for the original PlayStation have all appeared on the PlayStation Network backend, along with Ridge Racers 2 for the PSP. Reddit user Shrew spotted the hidden games as reported by Eurogamer, which likely must be, be part of the most expensive PlayStation Plus tier when the service was refreshed in June. Uh, Alright, so this sounds to me like legit like these games all seem like something that would come to the PlayStation Plus premium uh and there's not really much more to this article uh yeah so what do you guys think about those games you know worms is fun tekken 2 is a bit, is a heavy hitter from back in the day but when i asked myself would i pay 120 dollars for access to any of those games answer's no <laughs> Uh, I feel. I think you feel the same way, Ear Yield. Absolutely. I've. I, you even tried to get me with uh, Siphon Filter, and I'm like, not for that price. Matt, what about you, sir? My PlayStation Mini plays all that I needed to play when it comes to retro games, especially if they're going to do it via streaming as opposed to download. Did, did I hear you correctly that we actually found a fan of the PlayStation Classic? I did not say fan. I just said I have the PlayStation Classic. And it plays all the games that he wants them to play. Fair enough. You didn't, you didn't say fan, but there's not many people I found that actually have one to actually like look high upon it. I can't even remember if... I know I didn't pay full price for it. I think I had waited for a sale because the full price for that thing was freaking ridiculous compared to the games that were not on it. Not to mention that it didn't come with a power cord either. Yeah, I got a ton of those from all the phones I had. All right, so that is well, all of. I mean, I'll, I just want to make point for we move on here. I mean, Tekken Two is a game that I played with some friends growing up, and you know, it was it was a fun game. I loved playing it back then. But one Tekken Three is the better game. But also, you know, I could see myself firing up and just seeing how it goes. But 
am I going to sit there and play it more than 15, 20 minutes? No, probably not. And then I'm done with it. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Nice little jaunt down memory lane. And all right, well, we're done. So, I mean, I think that's going to be the big thing as far as the top tier, the premium tier goes, is that people may realize that the idea of backwards compatibility isn't as great. You know, I mean, maybe from generation to generation, like being able to play PlayStation 4 games and your PlayStation 5 is awesome. But when you get talking about some of the older games, PlayStation 1 games, all that, not as a, uh, I don't know, not necessarily as worth the money or not as something you're going to spend as much time as you thought with. Because is, let me let me ask, is there any PlayStation 1 game that anyone, or any, you know, set of games that anyone would play or pay $120 for access to? See, okay. I don't want to argue with you, and I know this is going to turn into a, lo- a longer conversation than I wanted to. Well, no, I mean, you, you think of, like, Final but, Fantasy VII. Like, that has been redone and re-released. Okay, so but it's you, not like... you keep phrasing it that people are paying $120 a year for this feature or that feature. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as you're paying $60 for Plus, you're paying $60 for Now, and they're just combined the two services. Now... Everybody that has Plus now that does never cared about, uh, excuse me, I I, I want to make sure I say this right. Everybody that has Plus now that never own that never subscribed to PlayStation now, there's no argument to be made. You're gonna stay with what you want and whatnot. For for the people that have PlayStation now currently, they're gonna they're paying no extra. They just combine it into one service. So when you phrase it as, are people going to pay for this to have access to those games? The answer is clearly yes. There are people that do that currently and will continue to do that. So is, is somebody paying $120 to act for access to these games? Yes, they are. It's it's No, but I'm, I'm saying then why would you just get extra? Because extra seems to be more of the, the newer games like the PlayStation Now stuff. Whereas they're dangling older games in, in premium, because, like you're talking your PS2, your PS1 games. Because I don't, Whereas, th- I don't think you get uh, access to what what we have is now. Uh, I don't think you get that in extra. Do you? No. Yes, you do. I mean, it had a, a, a hasn't it talked about like a number of PS3 and PS4 games in extra. Let me let me, let me bring up an article just to confirm what we're we're uh, we're talking about here. Uh, okay. PlayStation Essential, which is what everybody has now. Okay, it provides the same benefits the PlayStation Plus PlayStation Plus members are getting now. Okay, and the price is going to stay the same. PlayStation Plus Extra provides everything that you have now and adds a catalog of four hundred of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games from the uh, good blockbuster hits from the PlayStation Studios catalog and third party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. PlayStation Premium gets you all of that, plus an additional uh, access to the PlayStation 3 games via cloud streaming and PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games from downloads and streaming. And it offers cloud streaming service access for everything. Yes. And also gives you the game limited game trials. Okay, so the PS3 games are more, because that's that actually was what seemed to be heaviest on PS and now was the PlayStation 3 games. Um, so that's more tied into premium, whereas PS4 and PS5 games are going to be as as part of extra. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's 
I mean, listen, I, to me, I mean, you keep you kept surprising that, and it was it was kind of bothering me a little bit because I don't look at anybody. It that's like saying to somebody, "Are you going to pay for PlayStation Plus currently for access to online games?" And obviously, people do. But to me, it was PlayStation Plus was always, "Hey, we own PlayStation Plus because we want the free games given to us every month." And then when they tacked on the it required to play online games, that was just, okay, well, now people are paying to play online and they're getting free games. And I I hated when people looked at it that way. Because to me, that's not what was happening. Yeah, but I mean, like, what different, beside the older games, what differentiates premium tier extended trials? Like, yes, when you get to that point, you are essentially paying for the access to the older games. Like, that's what you're paying for. Right, but if I like me, I'm gonna have PlayStation Plus Premium because I was in, I I got subscriptions all the way to 2037, I think it was. Uh, so I'm gonna be premium for the next 15. You're Sony's enemy, public enemy number one. I'm, I'm gonna be premium for the next 15 years, but even if I wasn't, I paid the 120 dollars, and when the trials came up, okay, that's just an added benefit. I'm paying the premium for. The now benefits, not the the time limited game trials. That's just an added bonus to me. Okay, but I mean, like my point was, you're. I, I mean, asking that it's like, hey, these these older games are really the game preservation is really the draw of this top tier. And would you pay one hundred twenty dollars to play this game? That game, that's not far off. Like it's not egregious to say that. Yeah, but because people, that's but people are doing that now. People that have PlayStation Plus. And PlayStation Now currently, that's what they're doing. But it's it's twice as much. It's, like it's the same price. Yeah, but you, just because you can't assume that everyone has PlayStation who has PlayStation Now has PlayStation Plus. No, no, and what I'm the same. What I'm saying is there are people currently that have that pay sixty dollars a year for PlayStation Plus, and there are people currently that also have the Plus that are paying sixty dollars a year for Now. So it's the same exact price for what they're going to get when they combine it into one service. So, there are people currently doing this, so you, when you ask the question, are people going to pay $120 a year for access to this game, I'm telling you, there are people currently doing that, it's just not all one service. Well, more so, I was asking the people on this podcast. So, I have all the systems. I've got a PS1, I've got a PS2, I've got a PS3, and I got my 5. But, you talk about who's going to pay for that service. For instance, I've wanted to go back and play all the Ratchet and Clank future games. I can almost guarantee we're going to see some, if not all of those, on that premium tier. And would I pay $15 for a month to get access to some of those? Probably. Will I pay $120 for the year if I feel like the value's there in the premium tier? Because it's a hell of a lot cheaper than paying the $18. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was what? $17, $18 a month for the premium yeah, tier? $18. Yeah, so it's cheaper. It, it's a hell of a lot cheaper to pay for the full year as opposed to going month by month. So, you know, will I play? Will I pay that to get access to some PS3 games? Yeah, at least until I get my Steam Deck emulating PS3 games. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to be able to get trophies, sir. Just say, put that out there. I'm sorry, what? what uh, get trophies. what? Yeah, what, why do we care about trophies? Get off my show. You invited me. You invited him. <laughs> I mean, all right. So, 
yield. I, I obviously I mean, we've gotten your opinion, and me and Alex kind of went back and forth. I mean, do you have any additional comments on what me and Alex were just debating? No. Thank you for being on the show, sir. Hey, everybody knows that I and I've quite I have voiced this very vocally that as cool as it is for backwards compatibility, when it's there, I don't really use it. So, although I think it is very important to have it, I'm if if I want to play Ratchet and Clank as uh, Matt was suggesting. I'm going to go plug in my older systems and I'll play Ratchet and Clank. Alright, uh, I just had a thought here, here. Here, Yield. Did you ever redeem the PlayStation Now subscription that uh, Dupes bought you? Uh, I might have. I believe I did. If not... You have that after June 13th. I have that after June thirteenth. Yeah, he gave you a free month. Oh, so yeah, you'll, you'll have at least a free month of PlayStation Plus Premium that you could try this all out, and then you can report back to us whether it's worth it. I'm gonna tell you right now, it ain't worth it. All right, let's close out the show. Um, let's do some shoutouts, Matt. Let's start with you, sir. I really appreciate being invited on tonight. This was a lot of fun. You. I really didn't have too many shout-outs to give out there. Okay. Sorry. No, no. We, we like having our ego stroked, so it's it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Alice, your shout-out, sir. So, uh, I want to thank the community, uh, which Matt is part of, our awesome community, for, for pushing us forward and, and keeping the show alive, because without our community, there is, you know, no reason to have the show. So, thank you, Matt, and the rest of the community. Uh, give a shout out to Tricky and to Yield and and Matt. Just kind of, how did you actually find the show? Um, and Tricky has told us, but you know, uh, it's also good to know that kind of how you uh, to the listeners how you came across the show. So our friend Kalai is the one who brought me into this entire world, introduced me to uh, her game podcast back when she was on Game Stuff, part of the Proven Network, and brought me into listening to Trophy Wars and the Loop Bros, so that's how I really came to know about this group. Well, I'm really glad she let you listen to, I told you to listen to Trophy Wars, but the Loop Bros, I, I think you could have skipped. Uh, so, anyways, if you guys <laughs> want to find me, you could find me under the Loop Bros umbrella. <laughs> uh, uh, just just uh, before I let Alex finish, I noticed uh, you have a Zelda and a uh, Portal tattoo. That is true. I also have a Resident Evil tattoo and a Monster Hunter tattoo. All right. So obviously, your gaming is a big part of your life. Hugely, it was uh, actually a big part of my wedding, big part of my wife's life as well. We integrate it in everything we do. Our German Shepherd's name is Zelda. Our cat's name is Nargaguga. So yeah, you could say it's a big part. So I gotta ask: Are you a little jealous that I had the Hyrule shield up there? Uh, about as jealous as I am with that one. <laughs> Touche, my sir. Alex, finish your shout-outs because I have to find I have to find my uh my ballot again. Tricky, when you said the high rule show, did you mean the Hillian? No, the high rule. But it's known as the Hillian Shield. No, it's not. It? No, it's not. It's actually known as the Hylian Shield. 
Okay, well, I just mispronounced it. We're going to get into semantics. <laughs> I just mispronounced it. <laughs> if, if I got the freaking tattoo on my body, I know about this shit. All right, so, all right, Alex, before I let you go on. All right, so, Matt, obviously you're a Zelda fan. And you, you've heard bit. me shit on Breath of the Wild. I'm going to ask you very simply, and I don't know your answer. This wasn't pre-planned or anything. I argue and say Breath of the Wild is not a Zelda game. I've heard you say that, yes. What are your thoughts? Am I out of my mind? I see where you're coming from, but it's got Zelda, it's got the Triforce, <laughs> it's got Dungeons. So... It's got Ganon, it's got Link. <laughs> I, I'm failing to see that it's it's not a Zelda game. I could argue, I could argue that Triforce Heroes wasn't a Legend of Zelda game, but it was simply called Triforce Heroes. You you need your, you your need opinion. you need to stand on a different hill when you're making this argument. Oh, my uh, my argument is simply based on this. I'm a Metal Gear fan. Metal Gear Resurgence, Rising, Rising. Uh, Metal Gear Rising, Metal Gear Rising is not a Metal Gear game. Did it have Metal Gear in it? No. It, 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 it did not right. have a Metal Gear in it. Then absolutely. Did Legend of Zelda have Zelda in it? Yes, you could Link, <laughs> the Triforce, Ganon. <laughs> End of argument. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Yeah, you. Yeah. No, no. See, because <laughs> now using your logic, it's end of argument. Now listen, my my thing is, I don't think Breath of the Wild was a at the core what Zelda is. You could have renamed Link, Zelda, and Ganon in that game. Just give them. Three random names, and there's nothing. And they did that. Nothing else linking Breath of the Wild because the tribe. They did that. It's called Immortals Phoenix Rising. <laughs> Alex, finish your shoutouts. I gotta get this guy off my show. <laughs> wow, I like this. I like his AA because he's just shooting you out of the sky. Alex, finish your shoutouts, sir. You you asked for his opinion, and he and gave, he you gave his it. opinion. First of all, you tried to flex on him with your Hylian shield, and uh, you got shot down, sir. Because you went up against a true Zelda fan, and uh, you, sir, didn't measure up. Uh, I, I think we're equal. Oh, and oh really? Did you, it, did you have the sword? I have the sword and the shield. Okay, is the sword, is the sword over there? You can't see it? No, there's too much shit surrounding your Hylian shield and your sword for me to actually see anything. There's also that light in the way. What is going on, Trick? You gonna start a fire in your house with all this crap you got going on? Now do you see? Now do you see it? Well, I see it more clearly now that there's not like a just a bunch of garbage in the way. But it's just three pieces of styrofoam. Do your shoutouts, Tricky. You got the same answer you always get when you ask that question. And and I continue to be right, and everybody else is wrong. <laughs> well, uh, again, I do want to thank Matt for coming on and and teaching Tricky th- a thing or two about the Legend of Zelda. It's always nice to have a true professor in the room. And last but not least, I want to thank, give a shout out to my loving and awesome girlfriend, Ashley, who was more than happy to go c- celebrate National Boba Tea Day with me uh, yesterday. Got some delicious boba tea, had a nice day out. So yeah, I love you, honey. And Tricky, I will I will leave it to you, sir. Uh, yield your shout out, sir. Shout out to Tricky and Alex for recording this evening. Shout out to Matt for coming on here and putting Tricky in his place. It's always nice. 
Uh, shout out to all the pimps and the madams of the whoredom for downloading, listening, interacting with us. Oh, I know I'm your number one fan, Tricky. Uh, you guys are all awesome. Thanks for hanging out, uh, helping us push the site and the group and the podcast where it is now. And uh, shout out to the Deep Rock Galactic group. We're delving ever deeper into Hoxus and getting all kinds of minerals. That's it. Rock and stone. Rock and stone! Done? To the bone! Yeah, now I'm done. Okay. Uh, before I do my shout-outs, <coughs> actually, uh, within my shout-outs, uh, normally I, I, I start off, I want to say uh, two special shout-outs. One, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Veronica, uh, Matt's wife. Uh, because I messaged her during the show saying thank you for allowing Matt to record. And she said, you're welcome, but next time I demand coffee as payment. My dear, you have a deal. I will send you coffee. I don't know how. Don't know how. Or, but I will do. Uh, also, anybody that... Do they actually have good coffee in New York, or is it just, is it just the, the, the bread? It's the water, by the way. And yes. Everything water-based in New York is superior everywhere else, to everywhere else. Spoken like a true asshole. <clears throat> it was confirmed last week by JT, and you cannot argue with JT. Well, you could, but you're not going to win. You're not going to win. Uh, also, if you did not see the Facebook post, um, for everybody that was out there uh, wondering and worrying, I did speak to Dupes, uh, Mark. You guys know him. Uh, he is okay. He uh, is going through some stuff and uh, will need a little bit more time to work through it. But he wanted to send a, uh, a message to the community. Uh, thank you, everybody, for their concern. But he is fine. And he wants to apologize for ghosting everybody for a while. He just had to handle what he had to handle and needed some time. So, wanted to do that. Yeah, he... Uh... Wasn't a big fan of having to get the platinum for Lego Skywalker Saga. Yeah, I did. Said it wasn't worth the time investment it took. You know, I, I almost want to do another show just about that game because that grind is real. Well, see, well, and see, that that's what started the whole thing because I saw his post Saturday and I asked about it and him and I were talking about it. And I was worried about that because the last real Lego game, I mean, I did go back and play Lord of the Rings uh, last year. But the last real Lego game I played was Lego Marvel Superheroes. And I was just like, I enjoyed the game. Fun game. But going back and going for the Platinum just felt like such a grind going and going for all the gold bricks because the map was different. And I'm just like, I just don't know if I want to do this for another Lego game. Of course, Lego Star Wars is something totally different. But I was afraid that grind would be there experiencing with where they went with a Lego Marvel. Uh, just to quote, uh, Duplex on the, uh, the thing, uh, where, where is this? Uh, where, where was it? Hold on, I'm, I'm trying to go through all my messages with him. Uh, do, 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 do. He said... Are you looking for the one where he calls you a smelly pirate hooker? Yes. Uh, he <laughs> said the Skywalker Saga is a 9 out of 10 until the grind. Then it's dragged to death to make it a 50-hour platinum. So, uh, yeah, there are many, many planets to go explore. Each planet has at least 10 kyber bricks for you to get, along challenges, character, uh, 
that grind's gonna be real. I'm gonna majority of my time is gonna be just going after the planets, uh, and oftentimes you'll get to one planet and you'll get a mission, and it will require you to go to a different planet to finish the mission and then go back and whatnot. So yeah, it's it's gonna be there. Uh, shout out to Sweet Mama D. Shout out to the goddess, uh, who helped me this weekend. Um. I did not get my the dead skin off my feet because I did not stick my foot in the toilet, just for the record. No, no. That's still up in the air. <laughs> go, go, go for the way. They sell or, buckets or sh- in New York, man. Or, go or get a should, bucket. Or should we say down the toilet? Why are you guys so mean to me? I, I, I don't get it with you two. We're, no, we're just concerned because you oftentimes say things that are concerning. How is well, it concerning? See, see, really, you could go to any Wally world and get yourself a little... Uh, wash pin or a pail, not really a pail, what am I looking for? A tub, small little plastic tub that you can sink your feet in. Yeah, that's go get a rubber better, made. That's way better okay. than the toilet. Okay. Yes, the toilet's there, you've already paid for it, but, Let, dude, let me end really. the show, Matt has to go, I don't want to get Veronica mad at me, okay? Okay. Until next week, don't stick your foot in the toilet. Happy trophy hunting. Later. Later. Peace. song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash Even Philippines.